Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Say to Master, Lord, we've toiled all night. We haven't caught anything. Actually, Andrew caught a cold. Nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the nets. When they did this, they caught so many fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they actually filled up both boats, and they both actually began to take on water and sink because of the amount of fish that were in their boats. When Peter saw the miraculous catch... He fell down at the feet of Jesus, saying, depart, get away from me. I'm a screwed up, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken in. So also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch humans, men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook, this is crazy, they brought their full boats, $100 bills sitting in that boat, to land. They forsook all, and they followed Jesus. I love this story in Orange County because many people believe that only God, only people that go to God are the ones that their boats are falling apart. A lot of people think Christianity is for weak people that are just broken, And that it's just a crutch, like, you know what? People only believe in God when they have nothing else to believe in. I love this in Orange County because these guys have the most lucrative day of their careers. Greatest moment of their career. And they don't find Jesus at the bottom. Come on, they find him. That's an Orange County message right there. My God. Let's stop. I'm preaching before I'm preaching. My mentor always said, before I preach, let me say something. I don't want to do that anymore. Let's pray real quick. God, thank you for today. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. I pray you'd speak to us, Lord. Continue to help the Lakers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I, uh, I uh, have kids. Their favorite question is why. Who's noticed with kids? One of their first words is why. I think there's a lot of whys in life that really have no answers. Like why are stay-at-home moms always gone? Why is there no mirror at the self-checkout? That'll take a second. There's a lot of whys. I'd say, why, why is Velcro such a ripoff? Why do people take marble for granted? Sorry, it's stupid. Keep going, preacher. Uh, a lot of whys don't make sense. I don't know why... Uh, I, Let me clarify. I know why some people have signs on the side of the road to advertise a product such as Little Caesars. I get it. I have been coerced into stopping because of someone's ability to dance on the side of the road with a piece of uh, uh, cardboard. Plywood would be impressive, though. (laughs) We'll add that. I've been impressed. I have actually stopped uh, for car washes 
that I don't need because I've seen high school kids with desperation in their eyes. <laughs> I just want to go to camp. <laughs> and I've stopped because of the sign on the side of the thing I don't get. I ask why is I've, I've driven by. I, let me just ask two wives. Why is there so many mattress stores? Sila. Who's buying these mattresses? And here's the biggest why. Why, if you've ever seen this, why do they have people on the side of the road with signs advertising mattress sales? I get spontaneous purchases of pizza. I do not understand. Who shows, shows up to their house, looks their spouse in the face with a California king on their Prius. I was driving down El Toro, and there was a mattress cell. Suck me in. I don't get it. I don't know why. Someone say why. I don't know why some of this stuff. I don't know why there's infomercials that cure runny noses, but the side effects should discourage you from even advertising runny nose cures. Have you seen these commercials? Cures runny noses, clinically proven. Consult a doctor, though, first, because side effects, cardiac arrest, <laughs> imminent death, stage 10 cancer, and limbs growing on your body. I want to meet the guy that's supporting this company that goes, I hate runny noses. I'm taking my chances. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why there's... I, I don't know why, like, grown-up, sophisticated adults turn into four-year-old children at sporting events when cheerleaders are launching quadruple XL NASCAR multiple color print silkscreen insurance t-shirts into the crowd. I don't know why grown-up sophisticated... You have a master's degree. And you're pushing little kids out of the way to catch a t-shirt that's more likely to fit your comforter on your bed than to fit your body. Is it really worth pushing a little kid over to catch a stress ball from a local paint company? Why? I don't know why. There's a lot of, a lot of whys that have no really clear, clean answers. One of those is why does God do wonders? Why? Like he made the world. He programmed existence. He he wrote the narrative of how life is supposed to play out. For some reason, not only did he do wonders before Jesus came, but for some reason, a major focal point of Jesus' ministry was doing things that no one else could do. Like doing things that people say could not be. He loved it. I don't know why, but two-thirds of his ministry revolved around healing bodies, doing wonders. And I don't get it. I'm like, man, why? Like, I don't know if you've been there before. You ever ask why? I think that if anyone had a good excuse to ask God why in the New Testament, it was when a carpenter that was 33 years of age that probably never did commercial fishing came to professional fishermen and said, guys, I got, I got, I got a great idea for you. I know you've been fishing all night. I know you're professionals. I know I build cabinets and coffee tables. But I have, I have, I got this idea. Launch your boat into the deep during the daytime. Throw down your nets for a catch. 
I want you to know that their response should have been, why? That should have, Peter should have been like, that should have been really like, Luke 5 should have been one verse. Jesus told them to put their nets out and go out into the deep, and Peter said, no, why? <laughs> it's probably how it would read in 2019. Go, move to Orange County, start a church, give people the love of Jesus, watch what I'll do. Why? I like Idaho. It's cheaper. <laughs> it's true. I, uh, why? Like, why? Why? I think Peter had a great, ex- he had a great excuse. He, he, he could have been like God, you know, let me give you a couple of reasons why we're not going to put the nets out. Let me just help you a little bit, Jesus. Let me give you a little, I know you're a great cabinet maker. Love my coffee table. Great job in my bathroom. Um, let me tell you something about fishing with nets. We do it at night because we throw the nets on the surface of the water. And at night, the water's cold enough that the fish come to the surface. So the problem is, you're asking us to throw the nets out during the day when it's warm, the sun's shining, and all the fish that we're trying to catch are not within the reach of our nets. So let me just tell you, let me help you, Jesus. Great, I appreciate you, slugger. Great cabinetry. I love it. Let me tell you something about fishing. Is we did this all night because that's when you catch fish. At night. But I've learned this, that you catch things in life when you obey the voice of God. Moral of the story. God will make you successful in areas you shouldn't be successful when you obey his voice. It's weird that there's, there's miracles done all different ways throughout the Bible. And the only commonality is he didn't do the same thing the same way multiple times. Because there was something about the, the method wasn't the solution. It was obedience to his voice that was the solution. Kind of weird, right? So why does God do wonders? Why did he do them then? Why does he still do wonders now? If you're taking notes, you can write these down. You can share them with your friends later if you want. But God does wonders, I believe, number one, because wonders, I believe, first and foremost, they reveal the nature of God. There's something about when God does something that no one else can do that reveals that he's God. No one else could heal that disease. No one else could heal that marriage. No one else could fix that broken heart. No one else could actually get that guy out of that alcoholism that he's been in it for generations. No one else could do it, but there's something about miracles that represent who God is. The word represent means to literally re-present. And I believe that we preach, if we, if we share to the world that God is a good God that, that has power, and we try to preach the message that the early disciples preached without the power that they preached with, we're presenting, but we're not re-presenting. You can say this, that Christianity without power is like a house without air conditioning. It's, it's not the same experience as, as, the early, as the early church. The church was changed, and I'm going to get into this, is because there was something in what they said that released a power that no one had ever seen before. Jesus said it this way. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Let's say it this way. If, you could, if you've seen what I've done, that's what God's capable of. You've seen how my message is accompanied with signs and wonders following. You'll see the heart of God's nature in that. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Let's say this way. If you want to know what God looks like, look no further than Jesus. What he did is what God is about. I believe that not only do miracles reveal the nature of God. Why 
Why does God do miracles? I believe because there's hardly anything on the earth that reveals the difference, the vast difference between the goodness of God and the badness of us faster than miracles. Before you get discouraged at this comment, just stay with me. It's crazy, you put it on the screens here, is miracles, the power of God. Why does God do it? Number two, we'll throw it up on here, is, is they expose who we are compared to God. For instance, love this story. Peter obeys the voice of God. What happens, Mark? Well, here's spoiler alert. He obeys God. He catches more fish than he's ever caught. Imagine this. It is the most lucrative day of his entire career. Catches more fish than he can handle, that he has to he has to signal for his friends, get over here. My boat's sinking because God has blessed me so profusely. Greatest day ever. Hashtag, right? <laughs> You'd be tweeting that day like, oh my gosh. You'd be posting paycheck stubs from this catch. But here's the deal. There is no record in Luke 5 of Jesus pointing at Peter saying, sinner, screw up. You are messed up, dysfunctional, pagan. Go one day. Hell! There is no record of any sermon that would expose the folly of Peter. However, the miracle that God did, it led him to his knees. There's no record of a sermon that said turn or burn. It was the goodness. I obeyed his voice. And that something happened in my life that never would have happened, could have happened, should have It's never happened before. No sermon saying how bad he was. Only a miracle that revealed how good God was. Which leads me to a large theological premise for our church. I've never met anyone that be, became a follower, believer, pastor, whatever of Jesus by someone pointing at them, telling them how bad they are. I didn't become a Christian because someone pointed at me and said at a camp, Hey, young man, stand up. You're a sinner. You're going to hell without Jesus. You want him? You want him now, don't you? Because there's fire and brimstone coming, baby. You better gear up. He's got a lightning bolt with your name on it. This is the moment. Kairos moment. You know what I've learned is that it's everyone I've talked to that's serving God at a high level had an experience with the goodness. I deserved a spanking, but he gave me a hug. I deserved discipline, but he embraced me openly. I deserved a long lecture of how bad I am and how much I can't. I keep screwing up, and I'm not worthy of his love. And I expected this, this, like, this judgment, but he extended this mercy instead. I believe that God actually likes to heal people more than we like to heal people. I read, this is a powerful theologian that said this. He, get, he said this, to beg God to heal is to assume that you have more mercy than he does. I don't know. He's, he's like, why, why, why? Because miracles have the ability to actually reveal how good God is. And you see the chasm between his goodness and your goodness. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying compared to God, you stink. But I'm saying it with a smile. We all stink. It says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. I won't get into the original Greek, but it actually is like feminine hygiene products. That's what it means, filthy rags. 
when, when Paul writes that your righteousness is like filthy rags, it's like saying, let's keep going. <laughs> that you, even on your cleanest day, stink compared to the goodness of God. So he's like, whoa, miracle, crazy, power. Depart from me, I am a screwed up man. Who told you you're screwed up? The goodness of God. Check this. Who told you you're, 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 you're not very awesome? The goodness of God. And listen to me. That's not God's way of like humbling you. It's his way of magnifying him. Catch this. God never shows you how messed up you are to push you down. He'll show you the difference between me, you. God says this, me, you. But he doesn't do this to brag about how much you stink. He does this because he wants you to know how worthy. Why are you excited in church this morning? Your life's going through some stress. Because he's up here. Because the potential of, to rise is up here. Because God is bigger than my mountains. He's higher than my mountains. Me, God. And so I love this. Are you still with me today? Why does God do miracles? It reveals his nature. Number two, it reveals the difference between who he is and who we are. I love that. And number three, you throw it up on the screen for me, help me out, is I believe it validates our message. You know why God did miracles in the early church? Because no one cared about what they were saying until they saw what they were No one cares about a church that says that God's powerful until they see a church. Follow me. It's not like crazy logic here. God is a healer. Well, okay, that sounds good, but who's gotten healed? Would you raise your hand if you had an encounter with the power of God healing you in some way? Raise your hand real high like you're, you know. Just, 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 just entertain me for a second. Would you look around? These are all, I paid everyone that has their hands up. I'll get you after service, cash out. Thanks for having my back there. It was spontaneous. Truth is, is we believe, because we experienced it. We heard some crazy preacher get up that was maybe not even perfect, because preachers are perfect. We put pants on like you do. It's crazy. We pay taxes like you do. Well, some of us. Dude. That was funny. Is actually, uh, we're not perfect, but when someone boldly proclaims this book... I don't know what it is, but faith is released when people boldly proclaim this message. That's why a lot of times, I'll tell you in the beginning of the service, I feel like rheumatoid arthritis is going to get healed this service. You know what it is? It's like a light switch. It's a, it's a point of contact. All, there's power in the room. We just need a point of contact. Like lightning storms, there's going to be power in the air. We just need a lightning rod to make contact with it. A lot of times when a pastor will say, hey, so, someone's going to get healed of heart condition today. It's like all of a sudden now you have a point of contact to elevate your faith. Does that make sense? So we find that it, it, it literally validates our message. So they say God is a good God who does good things. Prove it. Okay, blind eyes open up. Deaf ears open up. Diseases get healed. Leprosy be cleansed. Dead, rise. Okay, this is actually working. Let me just say something very scandalous, a little shocking. That what Jesus says matters so much because of what Jesus did. I want you to write this down. That what Jesus says 
matters so much because of what he did. Explain. If Jesus didn't get out of the grave, we would not be here today. Because he'd be like any other teacher that had some good thoughts, good teachings, but died like everyone else died and stayed dead like everyone else stayed. The reason why his words carry weight is because of what he That's why we need wonders today. We need wonders because the world is looking for people that not just say the right things. We're not saying we're perfect. We're saying that God is powerful. Clarify this. We're not saying as a church, we're perfect. We haven't figured it out. You guys are messed up over there. We got it figured out. We're not saying that. We're saying that, look, we're all under construction somewhere. Can I get an honest amen in the church? Thank God it doesn't work with perfect people because it'd be slow. Business would be slow. He works with people that are willing to be perfected. Which gets me into this. There's things that happen in the disciples before the miracle and then what happened after the miracle. Would you write these down today? I love this. Why wonders? Here's what I believe. Is that the disciples determined before the miracle happened what the condition of their nets would be like. You write this down. What happened before the, the, the miracle? They had clean, mended nets. Now, we're Americans. Let's vote real quick. Who wants to go to a church that miracles actually happen? Not me. I want everyone to die prematurely. I don't want to have faith. I don't want to be disappointed. I want you to catch this. I wrote this down. I read this this week. Is that the standard for the Christian life should never be set by those who have lost their ability to dream for the impossible. You know what's happening is we're letting people with unhealthy faith set the expectation of what the Christian life should be like. I don't need a pastor that's been disappointed his whole life, that has zero faith for God to do anything, to get up and say, we're not believing for anything. We're believing we're just going to go to heaven one day. We're, we're going to hide in Christian ghettos until Jesus comes back. We're going to suck our thumb in the fetal position, and we're just going to try to weather the storm of the devil. That is not the Bible I read. That's not the Jesus that I worship. And we're no longer going to let unhealthy faith dictate. Because listen to me, when, when, when fear becomes king, we live in the boundaries of unbelief. I'm scared that miracles can't happen, they won't happen, never happen. When fear becomes your God, you will live in the confines of the, the compound of unbelief. It's just the way that it is. Just the way that it is. Look, he got sick just the way that it is. I told you before, if you get sick in our church, we're not going to plan your funeral. We're going to plan some prayer meetings long before we plan any funerals. And if, if you do go enter into glory, we'll do your funeral. But I want you to know, I, I asked the Lord, my like, God, I don't want to do any funerals the first couple of years. It's an extended life. But I want you to know we are a church that believes that God can do anything. And like, well, I don't really care. You'll care if you get a bad report. And you'll have friends that you're going to meet this week and the weeks to come that when they get a bad report, you're going to say, I know a church you can go to. I know a place that actually believes that God still is. Not was. Not the, I, the great I was. The great maybe one day in the future he will be. He's the great. I am. It's present tense. Faith is, right? Faith, it lives in the present. It is. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's, it's faith. So what, 
What do they do before they clean their nets? I, I believe this, that many of us, we don't catch what God wants us to catch because we're not willing to let him clean our nets. I actually believe that perversity, I read a verse, I can't remember it, I should have looked it up between services. I read a verse this week, and I believe it was Luke, that talks about perversity and how perversity actually affects the condition of your faith. I believe that the reason why our faith is so low is because our perversity is so I believe the more darkness you let into your soul, the less light is in your spirit. Let's argue that. Jesus said if your eyes are full of darkness, your entire body's full of darkness. But if your eyes are full of light, I told my friend this week, I had this revelation. God told me, he goes, Mark, your brain is an, is a, is an oven. It's like, a, it's like a toaster. That's what it was. I'm like, thanks, God. That was a little bit more complex. He goes, Mark, your brain is like a toaster. It'll heat up whatever you put into it. Some of you, you heat up doubt because all you read is books on doubt. Well, I've read, I've read 47 books on why we should be sensationalist. Exactly. You've heated up unbelief. You've taken on the nature of doubt. I dare you to start reading some books. Read some autobiographies of some guys that actually did something. Which, let me give you a free bit of advice today. This isn't good news. It's just good, good advice. Is good advice is the most important page of any book that you read is actually not in the book. It's on the back cover. Not saying what they say, but reading what they've done. Jesus said that bad trees don't bear good fruit. Good trees don't bear. Follow me. I don't, I don't want to follow people that haven't gotten what I'm believing for. Well, I've been studying about why God doesn't move anymore. And I've just been reading up on, man, all these people that don't believe that God's good. You wonder why darkness and doubt is your king. Why do I feel good in this church? Because you go to a church that you have leaders and pastors and, and pe- small group leaders that actually be- that are praying, God, do something. We know you can do something. Come on, give me a hand clap real quick. I feel something in here. About finished. So my prayer for us is that God clean my nets. And when they said that they cleaned their nets, it wasn't just washing the seaweed out. It was actually, nets get damaged when you're fishing. And oftentimes when nets get damaged, it would rip holes in the net. How many know that, that nets to catch fish with holes in them are pretty useless? I believe there's many people living Christian lives that don't have a lot of purpose or significance. Because they've been in maybe a church, maybe been taught growing up, maybe been around people that have literally ripped their nets. God doesn't heal. God doesn't care about you. God's not good. And you've heard things so long or so repetitively that they've actually ripped holes in your nets. And now God could bring what you're asking him to bring into your life, but you can't even capture it because the holes. So what does he do? You know what he says? He says that Peter and Andrew actually mended their nets. They tied the nets up where there were holes. Josephus is an early theologian, our scholar, and uh, he was an early historian, excuse me. And Josephus said that during uh, this time period in Galilee, there was hundreds of ships on the sea. Jesus happened to focus on two ships, I believe, because he could have done miracles in anybody's boats, but there was guys that actually had prepared nets. I believe this for Ocean's Church is where, come on, we're Ocean's Church. There's going to be some fishing going on in Ocean's Church. Might be a little fishy. Come on, somebody. Dad jokes. 
I feel like this is for someone though today is we, we want to make, make it very clear that we are in the fish catching business. And we're going we're gonna to catch some fish because we're going to let God clean our nets. We're not going to make excuses. My nets have just always been that way. Everyone in my family has holes on their nets right there. It's generational holes in my nets. That's the way I was born. That's why my nets are that way. Listen to me. We're going to give God permission to clean every dirty net and heal. I feel the presence of God in this room. God, would you mend the area of my life that's been broken? I want to catch what you want me to catch, but I can't catch it if I, if I keep defending this hole. We have too many Christians making theologies around the holes in their nets. Can we stop explaining why our nets don't work? I'm not going to keep explaining, well, that, that's, this is why God doesn't heal. This is why God isn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't listen. He's not really good. Listen, God wants to heal and, and he wants to actually mend and clean our nets. How many would be up for God? Hey, God, I have some dirty nets and I have some areas that need to be patched up. Raise your hand. That makes you honest. Cool. It's fun to be honest in church. Cool. So we, the disciples, before the miracles, they let him clean the nets and the band can come up here because we're almost finished. And you know what they did secondly before the miracles? They gave Jesus permission to come into their vocation. They gave him permission to come into their boat. Now, some of you, if you're not a Christian, let's start with this. Jesus does a lot of times miracles in our life when we invite him into our life. So that's a good starting point. But I believe it's not reserved just to inviting God originally into your life. I would like to say this, is that God, I feel like you want me to share this with everybody today. He's not just wanting to be your father on Sundays kind of a hard thought for some of us to capture it's like father i love you father god father on sundays father you're worthy father 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 sundays i believe that he wants to be your father mondays through saturday i believe the same god that speaks to you when you pray for someone at church on sundays is the same god that'll give you wisdom in a board meeting same god that'll give you man what do i do with my kids right now what do I say to this evil person that's just being so wicked to me? I believe that if you'll invite him into your boat, Peter's like, look, he preached from Peter's vocation. I love the fact that most of the miracles in the Bible and the New Testament didn't happen in the church. They happened in the marketplace. That's why we have OC business leaders, because I believe that we're going to raise up a community of people that don't have faith just for their church services. They have faith that God would be with them in their business endeavors. So we, we see here that he goes, you can come into my boat. You can speak for my vocation. We live in America, so we're, we're raised with this. By the way, it's completely misinterpreted by the news today, which is really rare that they would do that. But, this, but the law of, of separation of church and state was never intended to keep church out of government. It was intended to keep government out of church. David Bart would be a great reference to read. He's like the master of Christian history. And he pretty much, he dismantles every ridiculous argument to try to push God out of government and push God out of our country. But I, I want to just make this note is that God does not want you to compartmentalize. Because we live in a society that says, you can be loud about anything you want to be loud about except your faith. Shut up about that. You conserving the planet? Shout it from the rooftops. Saving wells? Tell everybody. 
And I'm, I'm for all that. For it. Save the for, for it. Be good steward of the planet. I'm for it. But hey, you want to come to my church? Jesus loves you. You will be ostracized. It's crazy that I could get on Facebook and throw up every cuss word in the English language. And very few people would probably, maybe a few people would be upset. But it's crazy. If I wasn't a pastor, I could go in there and cuss all day long. But if I went on there and I said, Jesus Christ is Lord, drop the mic. Thousands of comments. People lose their minds. It's okay to cuss in public, but it's not okay to preach. No, devil, you ain't going to tell me to shut up with what matters the most and be loud about things that don't matter at all. Keep your faith private. That's what our society, it's private faith. Where the flip do we get this in the Bible? How, do, how does like a third of the earth's population believe in a God that no one talks about? Just keep it to yourself. Sorry, I'm a little bit fired up today. I had a venti coffee this morning. We will be a church that believes that God is welcome in our boat, not just on Sundays. God, you can speak for my ship all week long. Speak to my ship, my family, my friends, my coworkers, in business. You can speak for my ship. Last thing they did before the miracle happened is they just responded to what he said. I wonder how many times we hear God telling us to do something, but we're like, doesn't really make sense. Why? Why would we fish during the day? But the power isn't in what you're doing. The power is in who you're obeying. I'm going to say that again. Power is not in what you do. Power is in who you obey. John 8, 5, Jesus says, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do, the son does in a like manner. I believe that miracles, the only common thread of all miracles in the Bible was, is obedience to God. There's weird. Have you ever read some of the ridiculous miracles? Like Peter's like, IRS call, we're getting audited. He's like, go fishing. Catch a fish with gold in its mouth. Okay, random. Weird miracles. There's like a story in the Old Testament, they're getting ready to go to war. Like, who do we, who do we send out first? Archers, you know, like Calvary. He's like, the choir. Stupid idea. Who does that? God. How come it worked? Because they obeyed. The only commonality of miracles in the Bible, regardless of the ridiculous request, was obedience to his voice. Go fishing again, Peter, with your clean nets, your mended nets. Uh, he says master, which means Lord. Hey, Lord. He's not calling him rabbi or teacher. He's calling him God. God, a couple things. We tried all night. We didn't catch anything. Stating the facts. You know what faith is? Faith is not denying the facts. Oh, this is good for someone's weird theology. Faith is not saying, I'm not sick when you got diagnosed with a sickness. He said, we've tried all night. Fact. We tried fishing all night. Fact. We caught nothing all night. Fact. Faith is adding a nevertheless. That's what it is. Faith is not saying, well, the doctors, well, I don't have cancer. They, they, they may have said something, but I don't have what they said. Faith is not denying facts. It's saying, they said I have cancer, nevertheless. God can heal anything. God can speak to anyone. Faith is not denying reality. It's inviting the power of the impossible to come into your situation. So we see 
that the disciples, they allowed him to come into the boat. They responded to his words in faith. And the last two things, and I'll, I'll stop talking, is um, I believe this is uh, after the miracle happened, two things will happen to you after the, the power of God hits your life. Is I believe that the, the intention of miracles is to always give you a greater appetite to actually fill up someone else's boat. You know why God wants to do something in your life? Because he wants to fill up someone else's boat. How many have friends that have empty boats full of faith? I got friends that have zero faith. I have friends that don't believe that God's real, that God cares, that God, you know. I have so many friends that if faith was a product, they have none of it on their boats. I believe that God wants to do a miracle, fill your life up so full of his evident power that you would actually be willing to satisfy someone else's lack. You know why God wants to bless Reed? Because Reed has friends that have empty boats. You know why God's going to do something in Brad's life? Because there's friends of Brad that have never experienced what it's like to have the fullness of God in their ship. I believe that miracles should give us an appetite to satisfy someone else's empty boat. So miracles do. And the last thing that they do is I believe they'll give you, verse 11, eternal perspective. I'll say it again. They quit the greatest day of their career. They walked away from the most lucrative ship of fish they've ever had to follow Jesus. Now, this is not a message to stop your jobs and to, you know, move maybe to India, do something, you know, full-time in ministry. Maybe that's for someone. But for most of us, we read this passage, and the takeaway is, is they, they had a ship full of fish. But they got to the land, and they're like, look, any other moment, I would have been high-fiving, tweeting, telling the world, greatest day of work ever. But my greatest moment of my career does not compare to one moment of God's miracle power. Comparatively. My greatest day at the office compared to God showing up and answering a prayer. Showing me His goodness. I'm not taking away from great careers. I think we're going to have great careers. But I want you to know what's greater than a career that lasts for 60 years is a calling and a relationship with God, a connection with God that lasts for eternity. God will bless your career. But actually, He wants to bless you beyond a career, which is being connected to Him forever. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.